At 4 a.m. on Wednesday, December 10th, landing boats carrying 400 Japanese naval troops maneuvered offshore from the main recreational beach just north of Guam's capital city of Aganya, and the first troops splashed into waist-deep water and streamed ashore. As the lead units pushed down the shore road toward the outskirts of Aganya, a single machine gun manned by insular guards opened fire and brought the advance to a temporary halt. The defenders were now fully warned of the threat. Marine Lieutenant Charles Todd stormed out of Government House, the seat of government on Guam, and pulled together a makeshift defense force of about twenty Marines and sailors and nearly sixty insular guards, and deployed them in the buildings surrounding Aganya's main plaza. Although outnumbered five to one, the lightly armed defenders used cover and concealment to maximum advantage, and twice launched successful counterattacks to drive the invaders out of the plaza. However, as the battle evolved into a house-to-house shootout, the majority of leathernecks and bluejackets were killed or wounded, and the insular guards were rapidly running out of ammunition for their antiquated weapons. At this point, the fighting spilled onto the grounds of Government House, just as Captain McMillan was receiving reports of an even larger landing attempt to the south of Arote Peninsula and the Marine Barracks. The situation was simply hopeless, McMillan related, and the Governor envisioned the already one-sided battle degenerating into a massacre of civilians. At a few minutes past 5.30, an auto horn sounded three times, and Commander D.T. Giles walked out of the palace to parley with Commander Hiromu Hayashi, who insisted that immediate surrender would guarantee the civil rights of the natives and decent treatment for the garrison. At 5.45 a.m., exactly 48 hours after he received Admiral Thomas Hart's war warning, Captain McMillan signed the Articles of Surrender, and the Stars and Stripes were lowered from Government House, where they had flown for more than 42 years. A few hours later, as Japanese army personnel marched out onto Orote Peninsula and into the Marine encampment, the colors were lowered from the Marine barracks in the first American military surrender of World War II. As American sailors and Marines were herded into prison camps for transfer to the harshness of captivity in Japan, nearly 25,000 residents of Guam settled into an uncertain existence as new subjects of the Japanese Empire, a life that would enter an increasing world of horror during the next thirty months. However, neither the surrendered garrison nor the native population of Guam ever doubted that the Americans would return, and just over a year later, events were set in motion by which not only Guam, but also the key Japanese-mandated islands of Saipan and Tinian would become the objectives in one of the largest amphibious invasions in history.